Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another Espresso Shots episode of T4C. If you're interested in breaking into the mortgage industry, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest is a loan officer at Cash Call Mortgage, where she's worked since November of 2019. But before I introduce you to Sophia Lorena, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's newsletter that features career advice and job-seeking tips as well as unique insights into dozens of different industries from the professionals who are actually working in them. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there. Now, my mortgage-loving macchiato junkies, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Sophia Lorena, a loan officer at Cash Call Mortgage, which provides customers with fast and responsible mortgage financing. Cash Call Mortgage offers a variety of low interest loan products for people looking to refinance their mortgage, buy a home, or purchase an investment property. Prior to joining Cash Call in November 2019 as an internet marketing representative, Sophia worked as a real estate intern at South Bay Property Advisors, where she created social media marketing from scratch. She also worked on building new relationships by attending community events, hosting open houses, and door knocking. Sophia is also the host of the Shit Show of My 20s podcast, which you must check out, especially if you're in your 20s or your teens and you're looking for honest conversations about personal growth, entrepreneurship, how to struggle better. You know, I'm telling you, this woman covers it all. New apps drop every Monday. Sophia, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated out there and Denver and ready to go. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. And that intro was amazing. <laughs> oh my God, it was not amazing. It was I amazing. Like stumbled all over the place. I am still waking up, even though it's 10, almost 10 10 here on the East Coast. What time is it where you are? Right now it's 8 11. Oh, wow. Are you an early riser? I am. I love mornings. You do. So, what time do you get up? I get up usually at like 5 or 6 a.m. Oh, and what time do you go to bed? Usually around 8 or 9. Okay. All right. That's how you do it. That is how you do it. I wish I could 
go to bed that early. We eat dinner a little late in my house. So I think the earliest that I'm in bed is probably like 930, which I have to tell you, I have a son who is not that much younger than you are, Sophia. Mm -hmm. He's 17. He's going to be 18 at the end of January. And I keep waiting for him to realize that it is no longer cool to like stay up until two in the morning and wake up at seven and be exhausted. When did you start becoming an early bird? So that didn't happen until I think around when I was like 14, 15, because I wanted to start going to the gym before school. So that's when it started. Okay. But that's already three years younger yeah. than my son. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, at some point, I hope he wakes up and smells the coffee and realizes <laughs> that it is so much better to get to bed early and get up early because I bet you accomplish a ton. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer it that way because I'm more of a morning person than a night person. So I just prefer to get my work in and then start working. Yeah. Mm. Now, what about coffee, Sophia? I don't see any in your hand. Yeah, I don't have one right now. <laughs> but you do drink coffee. I do drink coffee. Yeah. Okay. Phew. Yeah. Well, I am so happy to hear that because I have had guests who come on the Time for Coffee podcast and like have water. I'm like, what is up with that? You need to get with the program. So let us dive into our Tanespresso shots, which we are framing around the mortgage industry. Is that right? Yes. And what is included when we say the mortgage industry? Mm. What falls under that umbrella? Okay. So when I think of the mortgage industry, what you have is you have loan processors, and you have the processing side. You have also underwriting for the files, you have funders who go through and make sure all the conditions are there and that they can fund your loan. You have, you know, sales managers, you have marketing representatives, you have people who first pick up the phone, who go and transfer it over to the loan officers. So I feel like there's a bunch of different components that go into it, but it's all centered around mortgages, finding a product for your clients, finding the right fit and helping them get a home. Awesome. So first espresso shop, what entry level jobs, Sophia, are available to young people who want to break into the mortgage industry? Okay. So a really common program that they have is a program where they actually train you and teach you how to get your NMLS license. So you need your NMLS license to become a loan officer. So they actually have training programs where they go and they help you pass the test. They teach you how to study. They teach you what to study. They pay for the test. They pay for the licensing for you. And then after you get, you pass the test and you get your license, then they help you get state licenses for like California, Georgia, different states across the US. And then they start training you on how to do loans and how to put files together. So that training program is pretty good because it takes you through all of it. And where can you find those training programs? And is it something that you have to pay for or do they pay you to take this? No. So they usually pay you to go into their training program. So they'll pay you to go through it. They'll pay for your training. They'll pay for your licensing, the test, everything. So it's pretty nice. And yeah, sorry. Can you repeat the second part to that? I don't remember if there was a second part, was there? I think it was where whether they pay you or oh, you where you find them. it. Yeah, where, where you, you find, find it. it. Yeah. Okay. So where you can find these jobs and on Indeed, they have jobs under loan officer trainee or loan officer training program. 
And then you could see all the different companies that are hiring for this training program. And as you said, there are other parts of the mortgage Mm -hmm. industry that you could get into, whether it's underwriting, sales, marketing. Do they have training programs for that or is it just for the loan officers? So they also have training programs for processing. So they have junior processors. You learn how to process files and then you become a senior processor as well. So they have that option. I'm sure they have marketing intern positions as well. So you can learn about marketing. Another thing they may have, another thing, another way to break into it is also to start in the call center as a call center representative. So you're the first person screening the calls. And then that's a good way to start getting some more experience in talking to people, learning about customer service, and then you can eventually work your way up from there. But I feel like there's a bunch of different angles to get a position. Fantastic. What about a useful hard and soft skill, Sophia, that you look for in the young people that either you've hired as interns or that you know your colleagues are looking for in the young people that they hire? What I know my colleagues are looking for is they're looking for someone who's coachable. Because if you're not coachable, you're not going to do well in this industry because it's not an easy industry. There's a lot of rejections. There's a lot of no's. There's files that fall apart in underwriting. There's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes. So they're looking for someone who's coachable and trainable and who can learn different systems, who can learn how to work with clients, who can learn the different technologies that go into it. So I feel like being coachable is a big one learning how to listen intently and really hear what your customer is saying, what they're not saying, what they need help with, what they're struggling with financially right now. It's also a good skill. So I feel like those two customer service, you have to have really be really good at customer service, making sure your client's taken care of is a big one. So I feel like those are the three top ones that you need to have. Fantastic. Now, this is an interesting question because... It has to do with whether somebody needs to go to college for this and whether they have to have a particular major. But in your case, you came into this right out of high school where you don't have a specialization. You're more of a generalist. So I guess the question is, does it matter if you go to college at all to get into this industry? I don't think it matters. What I think matters more is if, let's say you can't get a certain position, are you willing to work your way up to that position? So it could look like taking a longer route. I didn't have a degree and I was able to get a position, but what I did was I went and actually, I didn't get into the training program. So I went and I got my license on my own. And then I was able to come in with a license and that was more valuable because it's hard to even get the license because the test is really hard. So since I didn't get into that training program, what I just did is, okay, I'm going to figure out how to get my license on my own. And then I'm going to start going to interviews again. So that's what I did. And it took me three times to pass. And if you don't pass on the third time, you have to wait six months. So that's what I did is I passed finally on the third time. (laughs) And then I started working. And yeah, so there's always a way. I feel like sometimes it's the front door and sometimes it's the back door. (laughs) You know, like I was like willing to find anyone. I love that. And actually, my background is I I studied Asian studies when I was in college and I studied Mandarin Chinese. And I actually lived in Hong Kong as a kid. And I've lived in Asia for many years over the course of my career. And the Chinese have an expression about using the back door. (laughs) 
And that is such amazing advice. Everybody's thinking you got to walk through the front door. Absolutely not. You have to think creatively. Yeah, especially because the front door is always crowded. So you don't want to go there anyways. (laughs) Amen. What about a graduate school degree, Sophia? And these are boilerplate espresso shots that I ask all of my guests. And I think it's less so for the entry-level positions, more so for somebody who wants to get up into the C-suite. How important is it in your understanding to have that grad school degree? And if so, is there a particular kind that you think would be more valuable to get? So I'm not too familiar with the C-suites, with those that type of executive, but I can just speak regarding to you know, sales managers and that type of position, I think what they really look for is experience more than anything. Like experience, if you can help coach your team to get more sales experience, if you have that sales experience, if you have that sales training, if you have a background in lending, if you have a background in processing and underwriting. So I feel like they value that more experience more for types of management positions then what type of degree you have. I feel like they're really looking at what type of experience do you have hands-on working with people. Fair enough. Speaking of experience, what kind of life experiences do you think are most useful for someone starting out in this career? In other words, experiences that we have outside the classroom. It could be something as normal as just being an only child, one of five kids, having played team sports, having done volunteer work. What do you think are the most useful kinds of experiences for someone to try to cultivate, any of our young listeners to try to cultivate who want to get into the mortgage industry? I think having an experience of being on team sports could be helpful because learning how to work with the team, because when you are processing alone and when you're doing alone, it is a team. You have to talk to the processors. You have to work on title. You have to work with the funders. So it's kind of like you're orchestrating this experience of getting a loan all the way from the beginning to the end. So I think having that sort of experience of working with people and being good at communicating with the people around you can really help. Another thing that I think could really help is being someone who is really easygoing, who knows how to talk to different personality types and has that experience because you're going to talk to different clients, a lot of different personality types lot of different people. So I think having those experiences could really help. I'm also thinking perhaps having worked as a server, as a somebody who maybe who's an ice cream scooper, mm-hmm. anybody who has a customer facing role yeah. in the service industry, whether you've worked in a boutique or a mall or whatever it is, if you've interacted with the public, mm-hmm. that would be really good experience to have as well. Yeah. Definitely. So, Sophia, what is the best part for you of being in the mortgage industry? I think the best part for me is getting to see people buy their first home who didn't think they would be able to buy their first home. So a lot of people, maybe they had a limiting belief or maybe they never thought their first home would be possible for them. Or maybe they thought they needed a partner to qualify. They couldn't qualify on their own. But it's so cool to see people have keys in their hand, have a home for the first time who thought it was going to happen for them. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's awesome. And the flip side, because every job, I don't care how senior you are, has aspects that suck. 
So what is the part for you of your current job as a loan officer that sucks the most? I think the part that sucks the most would probably be it probably be dealing with difficult clients, but I think that's something that you have in any industry. You're going to have difficult clients. You're not going to get along with everyone, but no matter what industry you get into, you're going to have to be willing to deal with people who are easy to work with and not easy to work with and learning how to manage them both. But I think that's definitely no matter what industry you're going to have to deal with that. Totally. <laughs> and just out of curiosity, what percentage of your clients over the last year or so that yeah. you've been a loan officer have been the the shitty ones? It's been really low. I would say maybe two to three percent. So it hasn't been that bad. Yay. Okay. So three final espresso shots. What is the best career advice you've ever gotten, Sophia? I think the best career advice I've ever gotten would be being willing to explore different careers and being willing to take new opportunities and just kind of try it. And I think that was the best because I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on this has to be the career, or this has to be the career, but allowing ourselves to explore different careers and different options, I think is always a great idea. Even if it's just for a couple of weeks, just kind of seeing insight into what it looks like and if that's a good fit for you or not. I love that. And in fact, I've come up with a metaphor that I like to share. And it's that rather than thinking about your career as if you're a chef who's following a recipe, right? Like you're making lasagna and you have to use certain ingredients and put them in the pan at a certain temperature and then you take it out and there's your perfect career. It's more like you're a mad scientist and you're in a laboratory. You remember that in high school, right? Chemistry lab. And you put your, those big goggles on and the gloves and you got your Bunsen burner and your beaker and your test tubes. And you're there and you're like putting all different ingredients in the test yeah. tubes. And sometimes, right? It blows up in your face <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh, well, I guess that didn't work. And at other times, like, wow, you've nailed it. And the reason that I say that is because just like a mad scientist who's trying to find the right formula, each of us is a unique formula. Mm -hmm. We're not a recipe. And the only way that we can find what's going to light us up, what's going to put us into flow and fill us with energy is by experimenting, is by trying. It's by pushing ourselves into things that may be out of our comfort zone. And maybe that is going to be the right formula. Yeah. It's a good metaphor. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> so here's a fun question. What movies, if any, or Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Hulu streaming shows, or books, do you think accurately depicts the mortgage industry? That's a really hard question because I haven't come across it. Nothing? Any books that you've read? I think just in general, books about your mindset are very helpful. Books about sales and rejection and 
how to work on your mindset, how to be consistent. I think any of those books are really helpful. One of my favorite books is The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins, also Relentless by Tim Grover. So I love those books, but I don't think there's any that directly, or at least I haven't seen any that like directly correlate. Fair enough. We will include links to both of those recommendations in show notes. Final espresso shop. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about the mortgage industry? I think something I was surprised about at the beginning is just how many different loan options there are. (laughs) Because at the beginning, I didn't realize how many different loan options there were. I mean, there's options with your tax returns, without your tax returns, bank statement loans, NQM loans, TSCR loans, commercial loans. Like there's so many different (laughs) options that I found it so interesting at the beginning because I didn't realize there was that many different options and that many different products. So I think that would be, if you're interested in it, it would definitely be good to like research all the different options because maybe you're not interested in doing cookie cutter loans. Maybe you want to do out the box loans. Maybe you want to do fix and flip loans. Like there's so many different options that I think it's good to like familiarize yourself with all the different options and see which one appeals to you the most. Wow, that is fascinating. And as somebody who has had (laughs) multiple loans over the years, mortgages, I didn't know there were that many different options. Clearly, my loan officer did not tell me about that, Sophia. (laughs) (laughs) Sophia has also created an online course that can help you learn how to purchase your first property. We will have a link to that in show notes. And she is the host of the amazing show, The Shit Show of My 20s. Sophia, where can our listeners find you? Yeah. So I like to hang out a lot on LinkedIn. <laughs> I spend a lot, a lot of time there. So in there, I'm in under Sophia Lorena. And then I also spend a lot of time on Instagram and I'm under the shit show of my 20s. Awesome. Sophia, I want to thank you so much for making time for coffee this morning with me and the T4C community. You are such an inspirational young woman. I have loved talking with you. I love this too. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.